good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. I'm back. This is Richard Sevakala with my podcast, which I call Whatever You Allow Is What Will Continue. Today, I'm going to talk about entrepreneurship. Specifically, I'm going to be dealing with entrepreneurship in Uganda where we load ourselves, we have some wonderful, if you like, surveys that say Ugandans are very entrepreneurial. And I'm going to be talking about that, how entrepreneurial are we. A little picture that comes into my mind was the other day when I was going on a little trip and I decided to stop over for lunch at this little kiosk on the roadside. I met an entrepreneur there and he was roasting some carcasses, cow carcasses on uh, on skewers. Once he finished roasting my lunch, he tried to pack them in a black plastic bag. And those two are going to form the basis of my talk today. If you haven't heard already, you should. Surveys that say Ugandans are some of the most entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial people in the world. And I say that those people are right and they are wrong too. The roadside firewood, roasted pork, meat, whatever vendor, is to me a good representation of why entrepreneurship in Uganda is as overrated as it is necessary. Likely with only limited schooling in a bad school somewhere that taught him very little, this guy eked together some money and set up a business at the roadside stall. Either that or he was hired by the stall owner to engage in business and is still paying rent. Still, he's the very definition of the Ugandan entrepreneur because he has to balance his books himself, buy the carcasses he sells, tout for clients when they stop by, and then figure out what to do with the unsold meats that unsold represent his profits. That is the ultimate definition of an entrepreneur, one who sets up a business and takes all the risks, right? Right and wrong. In Uganda, it is unusual to find an entrepreneur who has achieved the ultimate financial success by following the rules and doing right by his employees. Like almost all roadside businesses in Uganda, there is scant regulation of what type of merchandise can and cannot be sold. So, without regulation, the skewers I was sold could have given me diarrhea and worse. I would have had no recourse because no one ever inspects the level of hygiene, meat preparation and storage. It is due to the total lack of regulation enforcement that our Muchoma vendors, and there are hundreds of thousands of them in Uganda, can practically set up overnight once they get necessary capital or a store owner to start them up. 
The lack of regulation enforcement extends to bigger, more recognized brands. It is not unusual, for instance, for an entrepreneur, risk taker, remember, to erect a business that eventually employs more than 100 people without following the right building codes or human resources requirements. As a result, Uganda commonly has business owners whose entire wealth has been built on building code violations, flouting labor laws, and workers' rights. In a country where an advert for one receptionist may elicit thousands of applications, even from university graduates, it is not uncommon for a risk taker to pick up the phone and fire an employee on the spot. Human resources standards and labor laws notwithstanding. Uganda's entrepreneurship is akin to Al Capone's business success in 1920s America. You see, Al Capone dropped out of school at 14, and this will sound very familiar to many Ugandans. And Al Capone rode to riches on the back of stealing, wheeling, dealing, murdering rivals, bribing and blackmailing public officials when he was not killing them off. By the mid-twenties, Al Capone's wealth, all drenched in blood and corruption, was estimated at something like $100 million, maybe, I don't know, $1.5 billion in today's money. I'm not so sure. I'm not very good with mathematics. Still, a lot of money. So, Al Capone was on the same level of wealth, roughly as today's billionaires, simply by following no rules making up his own as he went along, his murderer's trail, and expecting no consequences, because for a long time he was protected from them by the police and government officials he threatened or paid to look the other way. The Al Capone anecdote is as instructive for its representation of the current business climate in Uganda as it is reflective of the impunity that will have a medical facility set up in a city suburb and operating without being vetted for minimum standards or even with a bogus operating license. It is how seemingly everyone in Uganda is a chicken or pig farmer selling live animals and carcasses without so much as a premises or health standard certificate Enforcement of which would drive many of these so-called entrepreneurs out of business. And it is the same lack of enforcement of rules that will allow you to open a bar in your backyard, literally at the drop of a hat, without a liquor license, premises inspection, or adherence to any hours of operation. That is something you cannot do in Kenya or Rwanda. And in that sense, Uganda has an unfair advantage over Kenya and Rwanda because we set up willy-nilly and then look at licensing and regulations afterwards, if at all. Therefore, some of the biggest entrepreneurs in Uganda, like Al Capone, have made money by flouting or ignoring business regulations, violating building codes, bribing officials, peddling political influence, 
and massacring their employees' spirits in their march towards becoming business moguls. With the impunity that is par for the course in Uganda's business environment, almost at all levels, it is little wonder that Uganda is rated as one of the most entrepreneurial countries in the world. Like everywhere else, doing business in Uganda is very difficult. But setting up can be a cakewalk. So, yes, Uganda is entrepreneurial because practically everyone can try and is trying their hand at some enterprise. In the same way, we were entrepreneurial during Amin's time and people even sold air. Very proudly, they'll tell you, well, you'd ask them, what do you do? I sell air. But no, Uganda isn't entrepreneurial in the same sense as you might see entrepreneurs in better organized societies. Because of the lack of enforcement of rules and regulations, which in turn leads to impunity and substandard goods and services and employment practices at virtually every level of provision. Now, as I usually do on these occasions, I have to make an admission that even we, the citizens of the country, are implicated in this mess because we've blended in. After all, I bought the carcasses knowing the rules and standards were not met, didn't I? So what is the solution? For that, I'm going to briefly look to my book, The Fish Rots from the Head, which I self-published in 2017. The solution, in my view, is decent wages to start. But in order to, do, have, to have decent wages, you must have the heart to want to pay people well. Because unlike in teaching and nursing, where people are in it for the heart and so can be taken advantage of rather more than other businesses, to be a business ethics inspector requires no heartfelt calling. Anyone sufficiently trained can do it well. So it requires monetary compensation to keep anyone who takes on such a job to stay interested in it. In the same way, being a policeman, noble though it is, cannot be enough to keep one happy in the job unless there is sufficient monetary remuneration. These jobs are important but are not necessarily driven by heart. But one hears that policemen walking the beat are paid 600,000 shillings a month and they live in a city where rent is 300,000. So if half your rent is going to your salary, rather half your salary is going to your rent, I mean, how do you live? And that is where we have to start. We have to say, are we paying people enough? But we must want to do that because even that comes from saying, what are our people being paid? Is that fair? Now, I don't think it is. And that is part of the problem. You can have as many regulations as you want. But unless the people who are going to enforce these regulations have an incentive, 
And in this case, it's mainly a monetary one. Why would they do it? Why wouldn't they look the other way when somebody slips them, uh, whatever it is they slip them? So it is, it is one of those things that I think we need to be looking at seriously because I don't think you, you can just get away with paying people nothing or very little. It just doesn't work like that. That's not life. One could go on, but it is the start of the discussion, I suppose, that we keep on having and then we don't pay attention to it to a level that we should. Remuneration is important, but that's not all. I do really believe that remuneration doesn't come from the air. And so it is right for somebody to say, where will the money come from? And that's a very good question. That, you know, you don't pluck money out of the, out of the air. The money is available. It will, if we look at our priorities right. If I decide that I'm going to enforce the rules and everybody has to pay a license and I enforce that, that's where you start. Because the money you raise, then you say, the money we raise, some of it has to go to the people who are enforcing these rules. I like that example of the traffic officers who weren't doing very well with traffic violation collections. And then this jurisdiction that shall remain nameless said, you know what, why don't we give them a percentage of the collections in, our, in bonuses? The violations continued, but most critically, the ticketing went up too. And that is where you realize that once people see that there's something in it for them, they will enforce the regulations. Now, that might be looked at as, well, gouging or ambulance chasing, all sorts of things that are nasty. But it just speaks to the fact that if you pay people well enough, they are going to what? They are going to want to do the work properly. And that is where I think we, should, we need to start. Yes, we are entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial. But no, we are not. Because we sell everything and anything. And we sell things that kill us. So in order for us to say we are entrepreneurial, we really have to say, yes, what are the rules? Are we enforcing them? And so that is where I want to end this. To say, Uganda, let's be continue being entrepreneurial. But don't let's be like in a means time. Where we are selling air? Where we are selling things that are killing us in the name of business? Over and out, I will leave you with this simple piano fugue. I think it is Bach. I'm not so sure, but I think it is Bach. <laughs> 